Here to heat things up is our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman, for a White Coat Wednesday. Good morning, Dr. Mitch. Good morning to you, although I always thought I cooled things down rather than heated them up. I appreciate the thought that someone like me could actually heat things up. Well, it's a good heat. Um, I I was warning people that your first story today is kind of a downer, but boy, do we need to know about this. There's been a dramatic rise in cancers in people under the age of 50. Do we know why? There's all sorts of speculation, and that's what you see in this article in Nature Reviews Clinical Oncology. They go through all the different speculation as to all the possible reasons why this might be. It's definitely happening. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And the question is, why? So is it partly because we're better at diagnosing? Yeah. Is it because we're screening a bit? Yeah. But there's something else going on, and we suspect strongly it's a combination of factors. This is affecting something like 14 cancers, of which eight of them affect your gut. So esophageal, which is the food pipe leading from your mouth to your stomach, a stomach cancer, colon cancer, colorectal cancer, all these pancreatic cancer. Many of these are obviously gut and and or food system, digestion-related cancers. And so the question is, is there something we're eating? Maybe it is all these unprocessed, highly processed, uh, overly sugared, overly fatted foods that we're eating. Maybe that is contributing. And so they go through all the different studies that show that, yeah, your risk of these can- of a cancer A increases if you're obese. It increases if you eat unprocessed foods too much. It increases if you're drinking too much alcohol. It increases if you're exposed to certain environmental poisons and or toxins. So the truth of the matter is what we're doing to ourselves slowly, I guess, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, um, has been making changes to people's bodies and presupposing them, predisposing them rather, to cancer. It's not too late to make a change now, and certainly we need to keep an eye on it. And you and I have been talking about this, and so people are much more aware of this. But you have to be careful of what you eat. You have to be careful that you're exercising. You have to be watching your weight. You have to reduce the amount of alcohol in your diet. But the reality is colorectal cancer, breast cancer, a lot of throat, thyroid cancers, a lot of these cancers are affecting people at a much younger age. And the other important message here is, as a doctor, I look for cancer in patients who come to me in the emergency room who are over the age of 50 in the past. Now what this article is reminding me is, um, if you're 30, 35, and you have the right symptoms, or if you want to really view it properly, the wrong symptoms, maybe I should be thinking of different cancers at a much younger age. And that is going to require a huge change in thinking on the part of many physicians to be aware of that risk and therefore to start screening their patients and being a little bit more aware of that as a possibility, whereas in the past we wouldn't have even have thought of it in a younger patient below the age of 50. Okay, let's talk about another story, and this would be why you might write me a prescription to take a walk. <laughs> and this is meant in a positive way, not yeah. in a negative no, not way. Not take a hike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, we've talked in the past about how important it is to be up and about and active, and the usual thinking was 10,000 steps, and I'm never going to say don't take 10,000 steps. The more active you are during the day, the better it is. But previous studies, and this study now in the Journal of of Cardiovascular uh, Development and Disease, reinforces the fact 
that if you walk even a little bit, even if you're getting up and about just a bit, it's going to make a difference in this case in terms of controlling your blood pressure, especially if your blood pressure is elevated. And they took people, older people, who are only walking about 4,000 steps a day and encouraged them to walk 3,000 steps more. A total of 7,000 steps, not a real huge amount. And lo and behold, they found that if they were on high blood pressure medication, it helped to lower their blood pressure even more. If they weren't on high blood pressure medication, it helped to lower their blood pressure and maybe even avoid the need for high blood pressure medication. We have to remember high blood pressure is a really important thing to control. It increases your risk of heart attack, of strokes. Uh, don't count on having symptoms before, unfortunately, disaster happens, because most Canadians who have high blood pressure are not aware of it. So being active will do you good whether you think you have high blood pressure or not. If you do have high blood pressure, just add on an extra 3,000 steps and see what that can do to help. Although I have to say, Dr. Mitch, it becomes an obsession, this business of number of steps. I'll go to Ottawa to see my sister. We'll take the dog out for a walk and she'll, we'll be heading home and she'll go, eh, it's only 9,500, got to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if there are worse obsessions to have in life, and we'll just leave it at that. Now, okay, I'll take that. Uh, U.S. health officials proposing an antibiotic as a morning-after pill for STDs. Yeah, be careful about this. Okay. What they're trying to do is they're trying to avoid the spread of the different sexually transmitted diseases, syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia, in transsexual, gay, and um, and homosexual men, men who are having sex with other men. And the danger is, or the problem is, we know that in this population in the United States, they're having troubles controlling those diseases. And so what they're thinking is maybe if we can make doxycycline, an antibiotic available, we can reduce the speed and or the spread of these diseases in that population. And that's where that proposal comes from. It's a fairly safe antibiotic. Doxycycline has been with us for many, 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 many years. People may know also of it because it's used for acne and for many other things. Uh, we use it sometimes in the emergency room as one of our alternatives for pneumonia treatment. So an effective antibiotic, one that's been around for a long time, but before we can prescribe it this way, one, we have to make sure it works. Two, we have to make sure that it it isn't used inappropriately, and so the bugs develop antibiotic resistance. It's an important tool in our anti-antibiotic or antibacterial uh, armamentarium, and so we don't want to blunt it before it uh, needs to be. And so they're going to have to be careful about that. But that's why they're reviewing it, and that's what they're looking at. Dr. Mitch, thanks a lot. Wonderful to have you this morning. Always a pleasure. You have a great day. That's our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman. He joins us at this juncture in the show on Wednesdays for White Coat Wednesday.